boy, oh boy, what a big show we have for you today. We'll recap the UFC event between Volkov Blades. We'll talk about the upcoming UFC event. we talk about the uh, quitting on the stool incident and much, much more. So if you enjoy MMA talk, stay tuned. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to this week's edition of Jack and Mel's Super Ad MMA Show. As always, I'm your host, Jack Aaron Stoops, joined by my brother, Mel Brown. What is happening, playa? Uh, not a lot. I was moaning to you before we came on air that I am exhausted, and I think I blame just the UFC hangover. I think as we're getting older, it's just harder and harder to, to shift. It's the three-day UFC hangover. Exactly. But it's worth it. Do it. No problem. No complaints. I love that it's like, it's not, you know, because you have an eight-month-old. No. It's just because you stayed up too late watching the UFC. Um, in fairness, my daughter sleeps like a rock. I'm one of those parents who probably annoys other parents. He's like, I have no problems with it. Like, literally. Hey, you have a gift? Yeah. This is easy? It is. It's easy. <laughs> she, she moved into her own bedroom. Uh, moved in. She moved in, yeah. Just... She's decided time was enough. You know, packed up her things and got We removal van. <laughs> we bindle. You know, we stick. <laughs> the sack, yeah. Um, like Pingu. <laughs> yeah. So last night was her third night in her new bedroom. And she slept from half seven to half eight this morning. No, no interruptions. I can't really complain. That does not impact me in the slightest. It's a hard life being a wee bambino, isn't it? Oh, she absolutely loves it. She's got this dope, uh, sort of like a projector, which plays music, but it projects like uh, water onto the ceiling. And, you know, it's got wee, like, fish swimming through it. And it's the most calming thing, but it makes, you know, it's a big blue light. It's like being in a spa. Her bedroom is incredible. I want to get one. Yeah, there's like, uh, I used to have like a star projector thing, but it was shit. But, like, I like the idea that, well, when that so, it worked. Yeah, well, I think uh, my wife's brother got her it for, like, Christmas or something. So I haven't used it yet. And I sort of was under the impression, like, ah, yeah, something similar to yourself. Oh, it's going to be, like, one of them guff <laughs> projectors from back in the day. But, no, this thing's incredible. The wee beast. But, yeah, I love it. I, I, I genuinely might just, you know, take it. What's she going to do? How's she going to stop me? Well, she's definitely not. Exactly. I 100%. I love a bit of, never used to, but love a bit of white noise for going to bed now. Uh, I don't know if I could listen to it. I think it would put my head away. Nah, see, my wife likes to listen to podcasts, and I think you've Same. said as well, yeah. But, like, that's the opposite for me, because then I get, like, interested in what they're saying, which then gets my mind awake and just starts the cycle. I'm all about, at the minute, just ask my Alexa play Distant Thunderstorms at Volume 2. And that's it. That's all I need. Volume 2. Very specific. It is. That's or just, like, that's the perfect setting for me. It just, it's like the rain in the distance and then just the wee thunderclap every so often. It's, oh, beautiful. Or like, uh, whale sounds. Oh, yeah, exactly. Because <coughs> if there isn't anything now, it's too quiet and then I'm like listening for like noises and then that yeah, yeah, sets yeah, me yeah. off. So there's, you know, there's no mid-ground with me. you got to be... I just... Yeah. The Alexa's the way to go. You need to get one, dude. I know they're spying do, on us. I do. I and, know. you know, harvesting our data for when your man Bezos or whatever he's called takes over the world. But they I are handy. I, would, I think I would get one purely for the bedroom. 
Yo. Um, because I don't need one in my living room. We have, a, f- I have, we have a few of them around the house. But I know what you do. Like, I turn, turned into one of those guys. It's like got all the lights linked to it and everything. <laughs> I'm so lazy. Yeah, I haven't, like, haven't flicked a light switch in months. <laughs> Saving think, me so yeah. much time. <laughs> I think I would get one for the bedroom, but I mean, I've got a you know turntable and stereo and, and all that in the living room. So that's fair enough. I do know, not. It, it so makes sense. Work doubles as my Bluetooth speaker. Yeah, get it in the bedroom. That's all you need. Alexa, dim lights, play soft yeah. jazz, light <laughs> candles, <laughs> close curtains. Would need to you get need them automated st- as well. You, you'd need to get like a, a clapper so that you, your Alexa turns on when you clap instead of your lights. You know, just to go <laughs> Alexa, activate bed restraints. <laughs> oh, wait, we probably can't even joke about that in this day and age, in fairness. No, I know, I know. So uh, Connor apparently is actually retired. I don't believe it, but Dana basically no. came out and was like, yep, he's retired. So make of that what you will. What do you think? I think nothing's changed. This sounds like they're just playing hardball against each other now. Yeah, Connor will probably ultimately, though, I think, get what he wants. And if he doesn't, he's in a position to retire. So more part to him. Yeah, I mean, I suppose the only thing is that he's tied into a UFC contract because if he ever needs money in the future, which I doubt he will, um, he would be a star is so big he's in a position that he could essentially self-promote his own event or his own fight you know it'd be yeah. big enough um, but yeah it just sounds like they're both playing hardball and I don't like Dana but in this instance uh, I suppose it's the right thing to do if you're not going if for, from a business perspective anyway if you're not going to to bend to whatever he wants or give him whatever he bend wants. Bend the knee. I bend the knee, exactly. Um, if he's telling you he's retired, take it at face value. He's retired. Yeah. Um, our friend and now title challenger, Gilbert Burns, brings up a good point in that if he's saying he's retired, get him the fuck out of the rankings. Absolutely. Which, There's absolutely no need for him to be there at all. No. Well, he's... Uh, he's not ranked at welterweight as far as I know. I don't think so. Um, I don't know. Which how- is surprising because he beat Cowboy. Well, yeah, but I mean, Cowboy shouldn't be ranked at welterweight. I don't think he is either. Touche. Um, Touche. But yeah, if he still is ranked at lightweight, that's a bit ridiculous because what we're coming up in November on the three-year anniversary of his last lightweight win. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, that's time not to really, get out. Yeah, that's not really deserving. You know, sh- shit or get off the pot. So, John Jones and Mike Tyson have had a bit of a back and forth going on, and Jones has said, basically, I'll fight you, but I want one in each, and I hate shit like this, because yeah. it's never going to happen. Plus, no. Tyson would murder John Jones in a boxing match. I don't even know if he would anymore. Like, oh, he's 50, on. what, four, three? It doesn't matter. Like It kind of does. It kind of yeah, does. But he's, he's, not, he's not an invalid, mate. No, no, like, I'm not, I'm not look saying. Look at George Foreman. I'm not saying you know that. What I mean? Yeah, like, George Foreman fought consistently into his 40s. Mike Tyson hit the coke, was easily about 300 pounds at one point. Um, I've been doing stand-up and storytelling and getting blazed on his podcast every other day. Like, John Jones is also uh, in his absolute prime and one of the best fighters on earth. 
Yeah, but I in pure boxing, I cannot envision a world where John Jones beats Mike Tyson right now. I just can't see it at all. I, I don't know. I mean, there's there's literally zero way to gauge how competitive or good Mike Tyson could still be. There just isn't. Like he looks, he looks good hitting, like beating the shit out of pads. But lots of people, like people who are shit at boxing, can look good hitting pads. I know, but it it's the fact that he's still got the the timing, the head movement, you know. Oh yeah, he's it, not he's not gonna lose all that well that's to what an extent the muscle memory. But like but that's what I'm saying, that's why I, I just that, don't I don't think it works that way that like he's you know, and comfortably into his fifties with nearly twenty years removed from competitive sports. You can just step back in and expect to... I mean, you know what? Let's not take this any further because it's a complete waste of oxygen. That is um, very, very true. Much like this. John Jones. Woo. Woo. Um, Speaking of John Jones again... Um, cancel the Spanish language. It's yes. offensive. He was deeply offended by... Was it Abercrombie and Fitch or something? Hollister. Hollister releasing a pair of jeans called negro which is they weren't called i don't think they were called negro i think they were literally labeled in english oh, and spanish oh, like okay. labeled the color you know yeah because that's just because it's, it's just the spanish word for black yeah he and he admitted as much in his tweet that i know it's in spanish but he, i'm still cho- essentially essentially saying i know it's in spanish but i'm still choosing to get offended by it what a moron well it's kind of just like I don't know, riding the wave of social outrage at the minute. I don't think it went quite how he thought it was going to. thought he was going to get a bit no. of a swell of public support with that. And instead, people just called him a moron. Like, you're gonna, you're literally going to get offended by the, the Spanish for black. Like, black the colour. Uh, how else Absolute can it be described? Yeah. So, um... I don't think we need to go on about John Jones anymore. I think we should like make a rule that like when we talk about John Jones in the podcast, it's like he should only be allowed a minute of airtime. Because I, I feel like, like we talk like about him way Mr. too much. Mr. Jones. Well, he is a pivotal and central figure in uh, the world of MMA. Whether he is a dumbass or not is irrelevant. That is very true. Uh, Khabib Nurmagomedovs dad uh, has made a recovery from uh, COVID-19, so... Yeah. Apparently still, apparently still fucked though. I thought I saw an interview with uh Habib saying he's got over the virus but it's like wrecked his or being in hospital or whatever's wrecked his kidneys and liver. So I don't think we're out of the woods yet. Apparently he can't talk either. So mm, that's not very good. No. <laughs> Less than ideal. Well we wish him a speedy recovery in that case yeah. um just to pop gen- that balloon yeah <laughs> congratulations yeah. congratulations on your full re- yeah the, the doctor look we've but got great news you've recovered from covid the bad, the bad news, news is, is everything else is every fucked. other yeah. organ is <laughs> shutting down and yeah. you will die uh vincente luke and randy brown um this fight makes sense luke in a weird spot sort of someone that you know i think obviously his fight with wonder boy um put him back he looked at one stage not that long ago like he was gonna he looked good be... in his last fight uh wait uh, he knock out it was like a perfect like textbook left hook who was it, it was recently because it, it was it nico price was nico it price that was it yeah that was a great fight it was um i mean i think 
you know, Luke really should have been getting ranked opponents again. Um, I you know, I, I quite like that fight. I think it's because, a great fight. because of how comprehensively Thompson beat him, I thought he needed a step back. Now, I agree with you now. He should be looking at, you know, in and around top 10 again. I think, you know, a fight that would have made a lot of sense would have been Robbie Lawler. I think they trained together. Oh. Are they both? Jeff Neal. Henry Jimmy Hicks. Jeff Neal, Luke. Ooh, yeah. That could be. Give me that, please. Um, Diaz, Nate Diaz and Luke would be a fun fight. I see, Diaz, though, is crossed over. <laughs> well, he's crossed over into that annoying thing where, like, he'll only fight massive names for big money now. And as much as I love Vincente Luque, he is uh, neither. True. Bill. What about Dos Anjos? <clears throat> Go all Brazilian. Uh, hell yeah, but that's a, another, like, another or, dick uh, fight for... Michael Chiesa? Nah, Chiesa needs higher. Higher? But I like the fight, yeah. Well, who's going to fight Chiesa? Who's higher? I mean, everyone else above Chiesa, sort of, well, apart from Damian Maya. Well, I suppose you could do Maya Chiesa, I suppose. Thompson Chiesa? Mm, yeah. I meant higher than Luke, though. I didn't mean, like... Oh, yeah, I thought you meant, like, higher than him. No, 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 no. Higher, like, I think that, that at yeah, this that, stage, Chiesa deserves a bit more than than Vincente Luque. That's fair enough. Um, you know, and I think it just doesn't do anything for him. A loss with, to, to Chiesa would be super damaging, and I don't think that that fight would be worth the risk. Yeah, fair enough. Um, JDS fighting Rosenstrike. I fucking love this fight. Yeah, this love is love it. Yeah, this, this is sensible booking. Um, for once. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure because we continue to learn nothing about Rosenstrike from his fight with Ngannou. Do you know what I mean? Like. So it's, it's short and sweet. Well, his three big names are well, he caught Arlovsky early, looked great, but fought for twenty nine seconds. Alistair Overeem beat the fuck out of him for four minutes or for sorry for twenty four minutes and what fifty seconds, and he lasted twenty seconds with Ngannou throwing windmills at him. So I don't know. I think this this is the fight where you really find out where he is. Because Junior, he just seems to have lost that big, like, one-shot par at the minute. Do you think it's USADA, or do you think it's mileage? <sighs> eh, this could be a bit of both. He's not, like, he's only, only just turned 36. So for a heavyweight, he's not, you know, he's not even old. How many fights has he had? What, 30? Just under 30? Um, He's had some bad, bad losses. But I don't see how that would affect his power. Um, We don't, you know... Must be Yasada then. Yeah, like, um, he physically does look different. But then again, you know, when he was destroying people, that was what 
seven, eight years ago, so he would have been in his late 20s, you know, in around 30, so, you know, he was in outrageous shape. But, yeah, there does, you know, uh, my sceptical hippo eyes are out a wee bit with Junior and uh, and Usada. He's just, he, from having a career where it looked at one time, like, he could, you know, be in the conversation for one of the greatest ever. He's sort of become a bit of a gatekeeper to that top five. Yeah, I think that's probably... Well, we were sort of talking about it off-air, and I think that probably is right, where he's taken that sort of more gate, gatekeeper-y role. He's the guy that you maybe need to get over to get... Well, if you look, at his, you, look at his, or, you look at his losses in the last, what? Well, all his losses in the UFC. Kane, twice. Kane's one of the best to ever do it. Overeem, still a top five heavyweight, one of the best heavyweights ever. Stipe, arguably the best heavyweight ever, if not one of them. Uh, Francis Ngannou, who's knocking everyone out. And Curtis Blades, who will get on to Curtis Blades, but is, you know, the, the fourth best heavyweight in the world currently, by a margin. So, he beats everyone he should beat. Yeah, I kind of know what you mean. Like, I think he's in a weird place, though. Like, you know, where where do you go from here if you are Junior DeSantos, if you lose that fight? I don't know. I said to you before we came on, he's got a a touch of the Chris Weidmans about him. Delusional? Well, he's not quite as far down there yet, but with another loss... He still, you know, granted, he still thinks he can get to the title, which I suppose is the right attitude to have. Is Junior DeSantos ever going to hold the gold again? Nope. Is he ever going to challenge for the gold again? Mm, I'm going to say I'm 98% certain that he won't. You know, I think the game... I would be I think the game's moved on. He just... He relied very heavily on his boxing for a long time without much else. And I think people have just overtaken him. And like I said, he seems to have lost. Like he was the Nganu back in the day. You know, he yeah. was icing people. Um, He just seems to have lost that. Another, like we always talk about with Arlovsky. It's like, it just doesn't seem, well, like he obviously hits hard. But I mean, like he's just not, just doesn't knock anyone out anymore. Doesn't drop them anymore. Don't know what's happened. It is odd because, you know... They always say par is the last watching, thing to go. When I started watching the sport, you know, he was wrecking by, you know? Oh, so yeah. It's bizarre. But uh, another fight announcement was the light heavyweight division, Anthony Smith versus Alexander Rakic. I dig this fight a lot. Yep, this is also great booking. Um, I don't know. Um, My gut says Rakic. Same, I think... It's quite a quick turnaround for Smith, considering the beating. How badly he got battered by Gloober. Yeah, I mean, that was that was bad. Um, it was super bad. I mean, that only happened, what, a month ago? Uh, a bit longer, I think. But yeah, like, not, not far away from that anyway. Mm. Not, not long enough away that, you know... Not long enough away that he would have made a recovery, you know. No. So, um, 
it's a great fight though um obviously we'll have a full breakdown at the time which reminds me if you haven't you should be subscribed to the podcast please subscribe on itunes and leave a review really helps us out you can follow us on twitter at super mma show facebook.com forward slash super mma instagram at super mma show and uh yeah please leave a review and be sure to tag your friends when you're sharing the podcast uh, it means a lot to us mm. so uh stipe versus dc has been confirmed yep hallelujah august Thank I saw, fuck. I saw a bunch of people on Twitter being like, yeah, I'd be interested if they probably weren't both going to retire and leave the belt vacant. I'm like, what are you talking about? This is essentially like the fight for who's the best heavyweight ever, or at least of the generation, you know? I don't get that at all. Uh, that's a really dumb how thing could you? Yeah, how well. could you not be excited about that fight? It's literally it's- the two best heavyweights of this generation. And, and the first po- two fights were fucking awesome. Yeah, and possibly two of the best fighters ever, regardless of weight class. Like, it's just... Yes, granted, if they both walk away, it leaves the division in flux, but it kind of doesn't, because you have literally instantly book Ngannou against someone, and there's your title sorted. True, Bill. Um, it... <sighs> It makes no sense to me that people wouldn't just be all over the fight. I can understand it to an extent if it meant that the belt would be in flux. So, like, we had this discussion, I think, on one of the podcasts a while back where, like, if DC won and retired and Stipe didn't, you know, that would kind mm. of put the division in a weird spot because, you know... Well, it doesn't, because yeah. Stipe and Gani too, for the belt. There you oh, go. Oh, 100%, but in terms of, like the UFC don't really like Stipe and, you know, yeah. whether or not they, the politics would come into play. That's 100% the right fight, but mm. what I'm saying is that it's pretty clean cut if both fighters retire. It's like, right, yeah. that's it. Next two in line. And the rivalry. The You know, the belt bounced between us for a couple of years. You know, clean break. Division moves on. It's funny because I can't really tell whether or not there is a rivalry or not. You know, obviously there is in, there, in terms of I think of there's developed. I don't think there was going in or going into the first one. I think it's just... Stipe held out. Well, I think, yeah, it's sort of developed from that and then now it's a competitive rivalry and obviously there's been accusations and things. Oh, you know, I don't think either liked how they tried to go about getting or securing their, their rematches and then Stipe, obviously, but the eye pokes things and saying that and this, that, and the other, but I mean, they're just too, like, it's, it's too good a fight and a necessary fight not to happen, you know, like, as much as Ngannou's next in line for a title fight, this is the fight which which needs to happen. I could not agree more. Um, Aspen Lad out of her fight with Sarah McCann, oh well. Yep, <laughs> that um, is indeed news. Dana White says female featherweight division will be done if Nunes retires. We've been yeah, she's saying this for a while forever. Now. Like there is no one in it. It's dog well, shit. Although it is shit for people like Megan Anderson and you know like it's shit yeah, for I love that. Spencer. Yeah, it's literally the two people it's shit for. Yeah, that is very very true. Um, that, I mean, that is, that is literally it. And and what like Felicia? You know, it's been proven now not good enough. Megan Anderson, not good enough. 
I'm not saying not good enough for the UFC, but like they're not good enough on their own that like they could have a division built around them. There just isn't the talent there. There's just not the depth. Um, I just don't think the UFC is overly interested in developing it either. Um, I don't know if either of them could cut down to 135. I'm guessing probably not. Uh, I would doubt it. Um, well, Spencer, I think, would stand more of a chance than Anderson. True. But I still don't think so. Um, Rachel Ostovich popped by Sada for uh, Austrian. Yep, in a uh, confirmed tainted supplement. So, same deal as O'Malley. O'Malley and Romero and this, that, and the other. But that's her suspended for a year backdating to January I think so. it's such bullshit that they can be like yep your supplement was tainted so well I think the only thing they've out. got her with with this is that it wasn't on the approved supplement list right okay that makes sense but even still a year's a bit fucking harsh like yeah but I mean she's one of those ones as well like she'll be out of the cage for by the time she comes back and if she comes back, you know, the second her suspension's up, what, like two and a half years? She has a, I don't even know what her record is. Something like four and six, four and five. Yeah. Um. No offense to her. We all know why she's in the UFC. Um. Is she worth the hassle? Is she that much of a draw at this point? Probably not. Probs, you know. And she's probably doing just fine. Um, Selling shit on Instagram. As all of the female fighters seem to be. Um, I wish I was hot, because that's what i do. How hard would it be to just pop up an Instagram story every now and again? <laughs> it is true, but you you got to wonder how many of them they actually sell. I'm judging that they do just fine off it. Well, uh, Matt Frivola... Um, obviously couldn't fight at the weekend there uh, turned out it was due to his corner uh, well one of his corner testing positive for COVID who was Billy Quarantino who fought what, two weeks ago yeah I was saying to you before we started here this seems to have just gone under the radar that like a fighter who has just fought for the UFC has tested positive for corona causing another fighter to drop out so like Hold on, I'm going to look up when he beat uh, Spike Carlisle. 30th of May. So literally, like, a few weeks ago. That's crazy, isn't it? It is. Like, he, you know, he definitely could have contracted that at the UFC. Oh, it's 100% feasible. And if not there, you know, flying there, flying back, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. But like, it just, it should have, like, it's not being drawn attention to because it kind of, well, destroys the facade that, the UFC are, you know, completely controlling, the, you know, the effects of COVID at their events. Yeah. But, like, that measure of control, um, just like Ian Malcolm told Sir John Hammond in Jurassic Park, is not possible. Life will find a way. Um, I love how you bring everything back to Jurassic Park wherever possible. Everything should come back to Jurassic Life Park. Life finds a way. Um, so, yeah, that... that that's not good. But I doubt it gets any more attention than it's already got. That is, 
Yeah, I mean, that is probably the way it will unfold, unfortunately, because the UFC won't want attention drawn to it either, because it does make them look bad. Um, mm. So, yeah. Um, but uh, as you say, it just highlights that this system it, it gives the illusion that it's working, because we're seeing UFC fights and the fights are going ahead. But is it actually working? Well, it could be working to an extent, but it can't be completely stopped. Like, you're going to pick it like you said it's the you know the travel you're going to pick it up or someone in between somewhere um and i suppose it's the putting on the fights heightens your chance of coming into contact with people so true but then again he could he could have went home and i don't know took his bin out the next day and his neighbor (laughs) came over and said hello and give it to him that way that's the thing like you can't prove anything. No. But. So, at the weekend there, there was a, a bunch of great fights, some not so great fights, but there was a couple of big things happened through the event. So the first one we want to talk about is uh, the Austin Hubbard-Max Roscop fight. And uh, Max obviously quit on his stool in between the second and third round, said, call it, I'm done, I'm done. And um, Robert Drysdale was it in his yep. corner. Um said, you know, no, you got this, you got this, and proceeded to try and psych him up for the fight, um, you know, to, to go back out, you're a champion, you're this, you're that, you're the other, and the commission ended up calling it. What did you make of this? Well, I don't think the commission ended up calling it. The ref, they did. The, no, the ref asked him, do you want to fight? And he said no. So he made his own decision. No, in the post press conference, there was a... I can't remember what the rule is, but it was called by the commission because Dana White addressed it and said, "Like, but I think that's know, I think that is being called by the commission. That's well, regardless, it, like it was somebody from it wasn't the ref that called it. Yeah. Like there was an actual, uh, I can't remember the rule, but there was a member of the the commission that was in the cage called it and not what, do the they ref. do they have the power to do that? Well, a commission member can just get in the cage and decide the fights over." No, I think that the commission member. I think that's what I'm saying. I can't remember what the role is, but there was someone in the cage. Like it is somebody who is in the cage. It's one of the officials, not the referee, though. I can't remember uh, what role it is. But Dana talked about it at the post fight post fight press conference. Um, I don't know. It surprised like, I, I me as look well. Into, I want to look into that because that seems complete nonsense. Like, how could there be? another party who can like how many how many fights have we seen before what uh, another party could have stopped now like what power do they have like that seems ridiculous well I will but anyway but anyway um um what did you make of it yeah he was done um absolutely should have been stopped um he got thrown in the deep end of the ufc far too quick wasn't ready to be there has only like what, five pro fights or six pro fights. Didn't have an amateur career. If he did, it was like one fight. Um, took it on what f- four days notice, five days notice. Just wasn't ready to be there. Um, and I was getting beaten up pretty bad and mentally, mentally got broken. Didn't want it. Didn't have it in him. Um. The Drysdale criticism, I can understand. Um, I sort of can get both sides of it because you can be, you know, I, 
there's a there's a happy medium I think of what needed to happen there in that like you press the fighter one you should know your fighter well enough that if he sits back down you should be able to look at him like look him in the eyes and see if he's got it there or not um and people use the Trevor Whitman Nate Marquardt one a lot you know where he just instantly called it second he got back to the corner he was like nope you're done and there was no no complaints um but I get that at the same time, you know, like, are you done? You know, no, you're not. No, you're fucking not. You're not quitting, you know, and seeing if he gets that, like, you know, mental boost back. Yeah. He didn't respond to that. He told him clearly, no, no, no. You know, like, he resisted, essentially, to what Drysdale was saying. No, 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 no. And that's where it should have ended. You know, he should have went, right, okay, we're pulling you out then. It's the fact that Drysdale would have, you know, kept going and would have let him go back in. And Drysdale's argument afterwards was something along the lines of you know like i don't you know i expect excellence from the people i train with their champions which is you know right to do but the worrying thing was he wasn't seriously hurt so could have went back could have kept fighting that's like that's not the only prerequisite yeah that's that's not you know he's not seriously hurt but he doesn't want to fight but he's not seriously hurt so i'm okay sending him back out where chances of him getting seriously hurt are at an all-time high yeah, it's not not a great attitude, and I saw, um, obviously, uh, Chiel Sonnen talking about it and saying sort of a similar argument, which is that you know he wasn't it wasn't like the uh, Anthony Smith one where he was just on the side of a complete you know a complete one sided demolition. I mean, it was a he it was, was getting beaten, yeah. but it wasn't you know it wasn't as dominant as say you know Glover and but it was Smith. the fact that he was saying it. You know, there was resistance. He had, he called it himself. And you have to respect, like, he's the one fighting. You have to respect his wishes there. You can press and be like, are you sure? You're not, you're, you know, you're good. You, you know, you're physically good. You can do this. You can do this if you want to do it. It's that he came back with, to that going, no, 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 no. I'm done. I'm done. Don't have it. Call it. No. You know, like, he resisted him the whole minute they were in the corner. And then... I- I think you do it twice. I think you ask once. Yeah, something you like say, that. say, I'm done. Then you, you know, you try and work them around. And and on top of that as well, there's almost an irresponsibility from the corner in that he would imagine if he, at the last minute, went, okay, cool. And, you know, yeah, okay, I'll do it, right? Yeah. Well, what fucking advice have you just given him for but that? But that's the entire, thing, yeah. You, you know you what I mean? Can't, you can't waste... A qu- you know you can't waste in between a round convincing someone to do it if they yeah. don't want to do it you pull them out because if not you need to be giving them technical advice to go out especially if they're getting beat which he was um you need to be giving them technical advice to go out and make a change not convincing them just to go out there because then it's just wasted time and the result won't ch- you know like if you keep doing the same thing how's the result going to change yeah um so i can sort of understand Drysdale's argument but at the same time like he you know if the ref or commissioner whoever it was ultimately I think it was the fighter called it if they hadn't done it they would have sent him back in you know they were already getting out of the cage ready for him to go back in so yeah not shame. a good look uh, it's just it needs m- more people need to do it yeah yeah they need to get rid of the stigma of it like if you live to fight another day there's no, there's no point you know this is a I suppose if you take this as an isolated you know look at this case individually this is a guy taking a fight on five days notice 
who's not ready for the UFC. He's fighting in an empty arena on the opening prelim of an ESPN Plus card. Like, there is not much to gain here. No. You know, and he's probably fighting for peanuts as well. So, uh, Roxanne Montefiore beaten by Lauren Murphy. Um, Looked shit. Yeah, it was a terrible fight. Uh, Frank Camacho uh, got knocked out by Justin James. I thought this stoppage was a bit questionable. Eh, I think he was out in his feet. I don't think he... I think you were just, you know, for how to continue. I actually quite like this stoppage because it stopped it. The only thing which was going to happen was Frank Camacho was going to lose consciousness. He wasn't coming back. James was just on him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, interesting to, to see, because that was Jane's, uh debut. Debut. Um, mm-hmm. You know, obviously, beating Frank Camacho, you know, it's he's one of those guys that, uh, that's the definition of being UFC caliber. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, if you beat Frank Camacho in your debut, you're mm-hmm. probably in the right place. He's been, ar- saying he's been around material. a while, but, like... What's his? Oh no! Yeah, no, one hundred percent agree. But he's what, like two and six or something now in the UFC. I doubt Frank Camacho's days there are going to last much longer. But still, like you can't take anything away from Jane's performance. You know, came so, in and beat a UFC veteran. Uh, Courtney Casey and Jillian Robertson. I saw someone had a bet. Now we had we called this. We said you know Robertson's going to tap her, but. Uh, if someone had a bet on for submission, I'm sure their bumhole was very squeaky Ooh, watching that fight. Yeah, fifty grand they had on it. Jeez. Yeah. Um, I really like Jillian uh, Robertson. Is it yeah, Jillian or Gillian? Because I've seen Jillian. I've heard people pronounce it Gillian. I'm like, that doesn't sound right. That, that doesn't sound like a real name. Yeah. Um, I'm not. I'm not playing along with this. No, so it's Jillian. <laughs> I don't care if it's right or wrong. Um, Miss Robertson. Miss Robertson. I thought she looked great. I thought uh, Casey has fuck all, and as another one who isn't UFC caliber, um, if Robertson could get her striking up to a closer level with her grappling, she's a contender. But as of right now, she's not there. Like, even on the feet, I mean, it was pretty even on the feet with Casey maybe getting the better of it. Casey has nothing on the ground whatsoever. Um, Yeah, just... Yeah, she, she barely even had a guard. Yeah. She was gash. Oh, she was um, gash. She just got smothered. Um, That was a good, good performance. I mean, Robertson's only 25. Like, she's only getting better. Yeah, she could I don't be... Think she, I don't think she gets enough credit as, like, a prospect... As like some other people, I suppose like the, the the Macy Barber loss in her last fight before this, maybe sort of brought her back down. But I think she's getting better and better, and you know, she's one to watch going forward. Um, I think Courtney Casey's, yeah, probably, probably Dunzo in in the UFC. I would well, I don't know. It's crazy that they're not even ranked, isn't it? Yeah, that is. Well, you'd hope Robertson would be now, but... Yeah. So, uh, Marc-Andre Barriol uh, knocked out Oscar Pichota, um Tisha Torres beat Brianna Van Buren. I did not. I made a fortune on that fight, by the way, the Tisha Torres fight, because Torres was... 
not a heavy underdog, but was a betting underdog, and I did not understand it. Not one bit. What had uh, Van Buren done that she was considered that heavy a favourite over over Tisha Torres, who literally has only lost decisions to, what, the best of the best? Yeah. I think the Marina Rodriguez one in her last fight has tainted people's, you know, opinion of Torres. But apart from that, who she lost to? Rose, Andrade, Joanna, and Weili Zhang. Like, yeah, which come is on. exactly... And she lost, you know, she's, what, never been finished either? She's crazy. Like, she's... She is as tough a gatekeeper as there is. And she just took her apart. So this was easy money. Um, She's in a funny position, though, because, like, you know, who about, you know, there's no one... There's no one above her who you'd sort of pick her against. So she's sort of in a holding pattern where she kind of is the gatekeeper. Yeah, as you say, I think people sort of... they did. Yeah, I, I don't know what it is. Like, as you say, she, she loses against the best of the best and then she just kind of... People are always quite low on her for some reason. Um, but as you say, you know, Van Buren didn't have anything of note to go off. Um, what odds did you get, do you remember? Seven to four, so nearly two to one. By decision, or just to win? Just to win. Fuck. That's impressive. Um, yeah. Next fight actually gave me anxiety watching it, because I had a bet on this. Uh, Clay Guida and Bobby Green. So, I had two bets on this week. One came in, um, which was Jim Miller by submission, which we'll talk about in a minute. Um, and the other one was I had Clay Guida by decision on Jim Miller for like stupid odds. It was like 30 something to one. <laughs> um, I thought Guida did well. Um, I can understand the argument for Green winning. Um, but I thought that this was actually a tougher fight to score than. than it was tough. Uh, I think it was a, a tough fight to score at the time. I had Green in one of my bets, so I was sort of, you know, rooting for him to win. And I remember, like, when it ended, going, oh, well, there's that one gone because Guida won that fight. Or he should win that fight. I was expecting a split, to be honest. Uh, Yeah. But a tough fight to score because, although maybe a sign that the judging was actually okay this night because there didn't, you know... I suppose his effective striking versus Guida's effective grappling. I think a lot of the time people and judges auto side with like takedowns and effect, you know, like and grappling. But I suppose what you do with it. I think the problem is though that like. I think you could watch that fight 10 different times and probably score it, you know. 10 different ways. 10 different ways, yeah. I think the thing with grappling though is that if you are working for a takedown and you're forcing your opponent to defend you can argue that that in itself is a form of control this is why but you could also you could also argue that like successful defense deserves merit as well that that is 100 percent true and uh, we've talked about this many times but this because is if why someone if you were throwing strikes at someone they were like anderson silva style you know like dodging everything or slipping everything i mean that in itself you know probably earns points in a judge's eyes i think one of the best examples of that is there's a local fighter here and callan peace yeah and his head movement is fucking 
outrageous. Yeah. Outrageous. I've judged two of his fights and his head movement never ceased to amaze me and his his footwork is phenomenal. I don't know exactly what his background is, um, but I would assume it's fairly boxing heavy. Yeah. What was the fight we watched? And he was just like, him. Was it, was it Garth McCormack? Garth was McCormack was a great and fight. Yeah. Literally, like McCormack did win in the end, but uh, like he was struggling to land a glove on him. Oh yeah, you could could have scored that fight easily either way. But yeah, yeah. But uh, if you're into Northern Irish MMA, check out Callum Peace. Um. So Jim Miller and Roosevelt Roberts, we fucking nailed this last yes week. we did we nailed it we were just like yeah i mean this is roosevelt roberts who's great but this is jim he is and it's miller. that's the thing it's not a slant on him it's no. just that's jim miller it's just too soon yeah and jim miller continued to roll looked great verbal tap did you hear the pop and the crunch yep. um yeah jim miller's just been there done that seen it all um, and his ground game's redonkulous. So it's it's his wrestling as well. I think people sleep on his wrestling. I think he's just at this point. What he must have had like fifty MMA fights. Forty-seven. Jeez, he's just so well-rounded. He's only ever knocked knocked or won by knockout four times. It's just not his game. Um, he's. Just one of the good guys in MMA as well. Um, like, is it Lyme disease he had? Or is it something crazy? Yeah, there? it was something like that. He's saying, or he's saying in his post-fight interview, he's now sort of feeling that he's getting his, his physicality back. Which, good for him. Like, I hope... You, you wonder what's spurring that? Yeah, I don't know. Like, it's... I don't know. To fight that many times that often you know love jim miller but you know he's a, a title isn't in his future or a shot you know just to keep i suppose you could maybe like get a kick from like stopping prospects essentially you know like i'm the measuring stick just knocking them dead yeah true if you uh, beat was, Jim Miller, you're 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 on to something. <laughs> you were talking about whether Jim Miller should have been in the Hall of Fame or not. All fair. I think this is a debate, um, and I could argue both ways. I think so. Um, two reasons. One is I think that the UFC Hall of Fame should be more open to, you know. No, it doesn't. I don't think it exclusively has to be like how many belts you hold. You know, you know, there should be a sort of a contribution to the sport element. You mm. know, like there should be like an element of um what you brought to the sport. And like, I, I, guy, I, I most don't. submission wins in UFC lightweight history. Second most stoppage wins in UFC lightweight history. Tied with GSP and Michael Bisping for the third most wins in UFC history. He has, most yeah, oh wins yeah, in the, UFC the, lightweight division. The argument is, yeah, he's been there a long time. He also hasn't beat anyone. Any, uh, like, anyone who's sort of like a top, I don't know, f- five to ten guy. Well, he was on an absolute 
fucking mauling spree until he came up against Benson Henderson. If I remember correctly. But he lost before that. that. Didn't, hold on. Yeah, he lost to Gray Maynard before that. Um, but that was in 2009. But that's what I mean. The guy, the, if you look at the names he's beat, fair enough, like Charles Oliveira in 2010 is not Charles. Tapped him. Yeah, but it's not Charles Oliveira of 2020. That's a decade True. ago, you know. I think Charles Oliveira must have been, what, like 14 when he fought him as well. <laughs> um, I just think he's a bit like Cowboy in that he loses to people who are good. That's, uh, that sounds too simplistic, but you, you know, I know what, what I mean? mean. I do know what you mean. Um, and I just don't think that longevity... I love Jim Miller... I just don't know if longevity is enough to get you in the UFC Hall of Fame. I think it should be held to a higher standard. I think you're looking at guys who have won belts, defended multiple times. Like, I mean, I was having a debate with you before about whether Rashad Evans deserves to be in the UFC Hall of Fame, and he did win a belt. You yeah. know, I just don't think... I don't think you can bring guys like Jim Miller in who hasn't got a... Who's, you know, who's his marquee win? Who's Jim Miller's big win? That's Joe Luzon. Yeah, 47 fights and your biggest win's Joe Luzon. Yeah, but that was also Joe Luzon when Joe Luzon was Joe Luzon. <laughs> yeah, but Joe Luzon. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, I'm just going to say Joe Luzon a couple more times. Um, but Joe Luzon is also... What? Joe Luzon. <laughs> Joe Luzon. Uh, what, was a fringe top 10 guy at his best? At his absolute best? Yeah, probably. Right. Probably. So, you know, I don't know. You know, it's, it's, you know, yes, the longevity thing is great. Michael Bisping also had that longevity, um, but he won a belt and defended it and beat numerous Hall of Fame-worthy guys. Uh, Jim Miller's lost to anyone. Hall of Fame, you know, would even or even potentially... It sounds like I'm shitting all over him. Love Jim Miller. Huge fan. This is just strictly whether I think he should be in the Hall of Fame or not. I just don't know if he should. He just... He can beat mid-guys, unranked guys. You know, 10 to 15 guys he can be competitive with. Anything in the top 10. Nope. Not happening. Um, Bilal Muhammad and Lyman Good. Um, Muhammad got the decision victory. Anything stand out to you in that fight? Just how friggin' good, pardon the pun, Lyman Good looks. He looks like he could be a Hollywood action star. Yeah, he is in ridiculous shape. Dude is bodied up. He is. Um, and has some, got some pretty sick tattoos. I was admiring. Doing some Myrons. I was some. I was Myron, as the as the kids say. Um, women's bantamweight up next Raquel Pennington against Marion Renault called this last week as well yep um, about yeah. right yeah Pennington's um, boxing looked good against Renault who's not great so the co event yeah. was friend of the show Josh Emmett uh, against Shane Burgos now just before we get into this Josh Emmett broke his leg tore his ACL completely partially tore his MCL uh, did cartilage damage somewhere else like his list of injuries from this fight was ridiculous I see people talking about this as fight of the year it's certainly up there it was um, a great fight we knew it was imagine how good this would have been with a crowd as well or five rounds 
I don't know. Well, someone was going down if there was another two rounds of that. Um, this was a gr- like a ridiculously good fight. I thought Emmett worked inside Burgos's range well. Burgos has like a laser jab, which he worked the whole fight, and he just you know comes from his hip up. You know he fights sort of with his hands down. Burgos looks massive. He's in odd shape. He is, yeah. Just across the top on his like big lanky arms. Emmett's just a tank. This fight was great. It like, was. But Josh Emmett could could feasibly hold the belt at Featherweight. I think the only thing is well, he's gonna be out what? Six, optimistically eight, six eight, months at the yeah. earliest. Yeah. Um he is thirty five or thirty six. Yep. Time, I think time's on you know working against him, but He's such a nice guy, he really is. Uh, I don't understand the the dislike of him. No, um, nor I. And his tattoos are pretty dope. Well, his tattoo. Well, he's loads. It's I yeah you know, the the tiki mask thing. Yeah, it's like the Crash Bandicoot mask kind of thing. Yeah, I love it's it dope. just because he's so white and his tattoo's so colorful. So colorful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, like. He, he deserves a, a a big fight next. Pro, you know what I was thinking. You do him, Josh Emmett versus the winner of Calvin Guitar and Dan Ige. Yes, fuck yes, give me that please. Yeah, Emmett Guitar would be outrageous, and I actually think Ige is quite similar to him, but Emmett has all the power. That is true. Because he was booked originally to fight Barboza. Now, there's no point fighting Barboza now. And by the way, Josh Emmett would have iced that version of Barboza. Oh, he would have slept him dead. Yeah. Which, to be fair, is exactly what he said he would have done. Yeah. Um, He should be one fight away from a title shot. Um, Whether he gets it... uh, Difficult to say because Featherweight is full at the minute pretty much yeah it's we were talking off air there it's probably the most stacked that featherweight's ever been yeah yeah easily like it's ridiculous how deep it is but uh, the main event up next was Curtis Blades Alexander Volkov Blades just sort of did what we knew he was going to do but Volkov surprised me yeah I thought I was saying on the ground because I mean people shitstorm on Twitter as usual people moaning about it being boring and stuff um, it's MMA, yeah. If you don't like, it's like the John Fitch approach. If you don't like being taken, taken down and held down, then stop it. It's up to you. It's an absolutely viable part of fighting. I put out a tweet saying, you know, like, uh, ground, you know, top control, ground control, or whatever you want to call it, is as much a part of fighting as punching someone is. And if you don't like it, then maybe MMA isn't for you because there's. Boxing, kickboxing, Muay Thai out there, where if you just want to see striking, why would Curtis Blades just engage with a larger, more experienced, better kickboxer than him in in that realm? Like, he just took him down at will. And I also, also tweeted about how, yes, he did gas, but that's to do with being 6'4 and 240 or 50 pounds. You physically, he, you know, Curtis Blaze would run circles around us all, fitness-wise. Yeah. But 
the human body, just unless you're a genetic freak, and there are ones out there who can do it, people like Stipe, you know, the heart can't pump that much blood to sustain that much physical exertion for 25 minutes when you're that size. No. It's not that he didn't train or he's out of shape or he gassed. It's just physically nearly impossible. It takes Hulk. it takes far more than it does for a smaller person. Now, my one criticism, if I had to have one of Blades, and I don't think there really is one, is that maybe that's a pacing issue. Yeah. Um, because if that was a three-round fight, he looked fantastic and would have mauled him, no problem. But over the 25, you know, the two extra rounds, he, he did slow down and there was openings for Volkov in the last 10 minutes. But, as I was saying on Twitter with people, he still managed to take him down several times when he was completely, you know, accused of being completely gassed. So, I don't know. So, we have one question this week from Cara Malloy on Twitter, at Cara Malloy. Hey, what is happening, Cara? Um, do you think all these abrupt retirements like McGregor and Suhudu are behind-the-scenes conflicts with Dana and the company? reckon they're trying to cause a media frenzy to win their side of a deal um i think less so with suhudu yeah i think yeah well, that's what i was about to say i think some of them you know i think well we we actually we talked about this briefly at the start it is a negotiating tactic from connor yeah so yeah, yeah i think it's I a mean, negotiating tactic for for a lot of them but i think some of them well, I hope some of them are genuine. Like, I hope Suhudu is... Like, the reasons he outlined for wanting to retire are perfectly plausible and admirable. I think people like Masvidal and Diaz and Connor, it is, you know, a negotiating ploy. Um, I just think the UFC will call several bluffs. And it will go back to the sta- the status quo, unfortunately, with a lot of these guys. Could be. Well, the Could thing be. is, as well, the UFC are in a financial position where they can wait it out. Some of these fighters are not. The money dries up, and then they have to come back and take whatever. So, it's a negotiating tactic from both sides. That's why, you know, Dana going, yep, he's retired, fine. Is, is him doing the exact same thing? True, Bill. True, Bill. So, um just saw on twitter there uh as i was reading the question uh chicken run is getting a sequel what yeah it's coming to netflix <sighs> i'm totally okay with original that it, original cast i'm not sure about the cast it just said uh the 20 the, so there's a sequel announced on the 20th anniversary of the chicken run film sequel set to be produced by ardman animations the same behind the original as well as Wallace and gromit so it says the plot will focus around Ginger and there has been no confirmation on who will voice the characters. Okay. If they can get the original cast back, I don't hate it. I love I love Chicken Run. Chicken Run is fantastic. I fucking love Wallace and Gromit. Oh yeah, I, I love I love all love Ardman stuff. Like the original three Wallace and Gromits are like yeah, super nostalgic. Amazing. I went to the Ardman Museum in at the or the Ardman branch of the museum at the film T V and Film Museum in Bradford uh, a couple of years ago and it's class to actually see them. Um and all like uh they had like a whole stop motion wing. And you saw like what the size da- are they? Oh, like uh, about twenty centimeters, twenty so, you know less than a, a ruler. 
Yeah. So a bit bigger than like a wrestling figure, say. Yeah. Yeah, they're small. That's um, bigger than I thought. Like that's a lot of plasticine. Yeah, but I mean they can't be that small that they're super difficult to maneuver. True. True. Um but yeah, I should, if you ever get a chance, you should go to the television and film museum in Bradford. Bradford itself is a fucking shithole. <laughs> That's hole. what I was going to say. It's like, so next time you're in Bradford. Next time you just happen to be in Bradford. No offense. But if, I mean, if you're in Bradford and you're listening to this, you know you're in a shithole. Oh, it's a fucking... Like, I don't know like. if... I, I would never hear of anyone defending it. No, not even the people from Bradford. No, it's a friggin' dump. Apart from his museum. Uh, how long ago was I there? I'll tell you how long ago I was there because I went to the uh, the IMAX and watched Avatar while I was there. So that must be two thousand and nine. Yeah. So yeah, eleven years ago. So it could be shit by now, but I doubt it. But it was cool seeing all like the. Uh, I'm not a Doctor Who fan, but they had those stupid robots, the Daleks, is what you call it. Yes. Uh, and the exterminate the. Oh, what is that? I always get the the year wrong. Uh, the really good stop motion dinosaur caveman film so old year it's one like, no no uh, so many years BC uh, I've never heard of this what's it called 10,000 10, years BC never seen it is it good no no it's not it's 1 million years BC is it not yeah it's 1 million years BC and it's like one of those like campy 60s like playboy models playing cave women there's no dialogue and it's got like stop motion dinosaurs it's phenomenal i'll have to check that out that sounds right up my street that might be today's watch yeah one million um, years bc because i always get the years wrong because they there was a recent well when i say recent it's probably like 10 or 15 years ago they made like a ten thousand bc film so i always get like the, the numbers mixed up but yeah one one million years bc it's it's so bad it's great but yeah, you go see all the dinosaurs from it and everything. Like, I really want to go back, but I really don't want to go back to Bradford. Yeah. <laughs> uh, fuck Bradford, yeah. Um, so there's another UFC event this weekend. It was uh, going to be Fight Night Austin. Um, obviously not Apex Center. Good thing for us, though, this fight, uh, the main card starts at 1am instead of 3. Fuck Ooh la la. Yes. So... Obviously not going to go into every single fight here um, on the prelims. Uh, this one's a good bit weaker. <laughs> good bit is. weaker. There is some good fights on it, though. Uh, Lewis Pena, uh, Pena versus Kama Worthy is a great fight. Yep. It's a tough one to call. Um, Yeah, I'm probably going to side with Pena. Pena. Because yeah. I, think af- well, I think after his last fight, uh, we both said... You know, we'd been on the fence with him. Um, hadn't looked. Just didn't think like I think he's overhyped because he's a good nickname. <laughs> but he looked True. great. Looked great in his last fight. Now, granted, his last fight was against uh, Steve Garcia, not exactly a world beater. The bin man. But yeah, you can only beat what's in front of you, and I thought he looked good. So, oh, but I think the thing was he looked like he was improving. Yes. So, I think I'll side with Pena because I think he's going to get better better yeah so um aspen lad sarah mccann cancelled obviously mm. john volante fighting at heavyweight oh my god Marie this Green. fight is so bad that is going to be terrible i think i favor green i 
I think. I honestly don't know. I think Maurice Green is shit. And oh, Jan, Jan Volante has... Is it John? John Volante? Jan Volante, I think. Um, I, he's managed to make a career out of losing split decisions. And winning them. <laughs> yeah. Um, When's the last time he fought at heavyweight? That was a long time ago, was it not? 2011. Mm. Who was that against, do you know? Chad Griggs. And why is Chad Griggs famous? What's his big win? MMA knowledge? I'm not sure. He beat the piss out of Bobby Lashley back in the day. Oh, shit, really? Yeah, and he had some sexy, sexy mutton chops. Chad Griggs is just male perfection. If you're listening to this and you don't know what Chad Griggs looks like, just get your phone up right now. Google image search Chad Griggs. That, <laughs> that is what man should look like. Um, well, that was a... Uh, yeah, no, he's... Oh, shit, I've just Googled him because I've forgotten about him. <laughs> that is ridiculous. I love it. Look at those chops. Shit, he fought Travis Brown? Yeah, yeah. I don't remember this. Oh, it was a while ago when Travis was on the way up. His leg tattoo is pretty dope. Travis Brown does have some pretty sweet uh, Polynesian tattoos. He does. He's also a douchebag. So seems to be. Um, yeah, it's hard to say. But like, I wonder how, when when he will officially retire. I think he's as good as retired. But you're right in terms of officially. Like it, it does seem odd that he hasn't. Is he in the testing pool? No idea. Well, he must be if he isn't retired, right? Um, I don't know. I'd imagine so. This is one of those ones. Like, is he on Twitter? Can we? Can you tweet him? Just be like, "Hey, you retired? <laughs> Yo, bro. <laughs> Yo, you retired? <laughs> At Travis Brown, you retired? What? Retired, bro. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, uh, I don't know who to pick out uh, of Green and Volante. That fight is someone's winning by split decision. Yeah, uh, the real losers are us fans. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Brandon and the winner Brandon is no Allen. One. Yeah, the, no, like literally though, like that. Well, this could be one of those fights that it might surprise us. It can't. We've said that, like you said it so many times with Volante. There's no way he could have a shit fight with a game, yeah, such and such, and it just keeps happening. <laughs> so Brandon Allen and Kyle Dacaus, Dacaus, yeah. Um, thank you for the help there um, middleweight fight uh, I don't really know much about the coast the coast so I'm gonna <laughs> do you know we always say that you're almost better picking the uh, the UFC guy because you oftentimes the new and Brendan new Allen's guy. on a good run like yeah fuck yeah so yeah I don't know anything about the coast, have not seen him fight at all. UFC debut. I don't know. He could be the next big thing, but I I can't. I just can't pick him because I haven't seen him, and I know that uh, Brendan Allen beats people like Kevin Holland and Tom Breeze. The Tom Breeze one was particularly impressive. Mm. Um, I think that Allen could. I mean, it's obviously hard without 
I can't, like, I literally can't, you know, like, I'm going to stop you, and neither can you. Can't say, oh, I think he's going to, you know, have a feeling he's going to do this. Literally, neither of us are qualified to <laughs> make an opinion like that like, at all. Kyle Dukos has uh, three Darce chokes in his last five fights. You do love a Darce, man. I you do. are a Darce hole. I am a massive, deep in the Darce hole. Big, stinky, um, dark Darce hole. So yeah, um, I'm gonna go with Brendan Allen. Same. I think it's just an experience thing, and just got based off nothing but logic. Yes, but I think oftentimes that is the best way to call a fight. True that. Um, However, we fight. have said that from a betting perspective, there's always value on the newcomer. Oh yeah, you usually they get. You know, they, well, yeah. I mean, I would be betting on that, but I, I wouldn't go into trying to pr- pick a method. No, because Brendan Allen's tasty on the ground, so I wouldn't be going for a darse. It'd be good if you could do like specific submissions as bets, mm. or like punches. Like you'll get knocked out with a left hook. Yeah, I suppose you can't though with KOs, really, can you? Nah, because if it's like a TKO, it's like, well, what one did it? Yeah, it's true. Yeah, it was that one. Freeze frame it. That's the one which did him. <laughs> Look, his eyes have rolled back. That yep. one. Uh, the co-main, Mike Perry and Mickey Gall. This fight's ridiculous, but it's fun. I yeah, I, I have a feeling Gall could tap him. I don't know, and I think Perry is just such a fucking idiot that it makes it hard to pick him, and when. You see the video of him hitting pads with his girlfriend. Good I know. God in heaven. What an idiot. However, this is a man in the UFC who has knocked out Danny Roberts, Jake Ellenberger. He has beaten Cowboy Oliveira and beaten Paul fucking Felder. I forgot he beat Felder. Fuck. It's yeah. mental, isn't it? Yeah. I just have a feeling the goal could tap him. He could do. I... I don't know. Like, this is so hard to pick because Mike Perry is mental. God knows what he's doing, how he's preparing. <laughs> I love that about him. He's just, he's such a loose cannon. He is mad on Instagram. I'm going to pick him. I'm going to pick Perry. By knockout? Um, he kind of has to, doesn't he? Because if he gets involved in, like, wrestling... And he, could win, he could win a decision, goal. like... If it stays on the feet, you might knock him out. Well, I'll go parry, I'll go knockout, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go goal submission, but it's just... I think I, I think I would bet parry, though. But my I would be surprised if goal... Like, I just don't... I also don't think goal's that... Oh, he's, he's not that good. I mean, we have to remember, this is a guy who's, who's there... You know, has a career because he beat CM Punk and Sage Northcutt. Yeah, and lost Diego to Sanchez Brown. beat the fuck out of him. Yeah, slapped the fuck clean out of him. That was yeah. a great fight. We, I think we won money on that, didn't we? Oh yeah. Um, so the main event, which is one of the one of the fights I've been most excited about for yeah, I can't remember a main event that I've been sort of more excited about in terms of just pure chaos. It's guaranteed to be manic. Uh, yeah. Dustin Poirier versus Dan Hooker. Uh, ballsy of Dustin Poirier to take this fight yeah I think a lot of this fight or the result of this fight depends a lot on 
where Poirier's at? Is the fire still there to to get back to the top? You know, like lots of his, you know, his mindset and his heart is one of his biggest attributes. But now that he's achieved probably the peak of what he's going to achieve realistically, um, does he still have that to push through? Um, Dan Hooker is is great and is certainly on the up this is a super tough one to call I'm picking Poye because I want Poye to win I've like everyone else I've taken quite a strong dislike to Dan Hooker because of his shenanigans on Twitter yeah he's a bit of a bottle bag well you can't be that fucking touchy and and be that much of a ball bag to everyone else he's so like bit fragile with that but i mean as a fighter he's outstanding um the fight with felder was great he i mean as we say he took james vick's consciousness away from him but that happens quite a lot recently yeah um gilbert burns and jim miller knocked both of them out two guys we were talking about earlier who he's just yeah you know sort of the last three or four years he's really come into to be in a contender, but Poye is that good. But Poye does get hit. Ugh. He does, but I think that I don't think Dan Hooker has that one one punch. You know, he's, well, that's you the know. thing. Poye loves getting drawn. You know, look at the the Gaethje and Alvarez fights. He loves getting drawn into that. Like he will gut through them. That's what I was sort of saying when we started looking at this fight. Is that does he still have the the heart? Or, you I know, think so, but that's the thing. Like I, I really hope he does. And it's until you see otherwise, you have to assume he does. Dustin's boxing is, in some ways, super underrated. You know, I know that people are high on it, but I think that people don't realize just how good his his traditional boxing is. And I yeah. think he could play that inside game with Hooker, who relies very heavily on kicks. Yeah. And yeah. I think you're right. I think this could be a phone box fight. Yeah, I think. But saying that, you know, look at the beating Barboza put on Hooker and he just would not, you know, not quit. Why won't you die? Well, there was a bit of that, yeah. <laughs> Time to die, powers. Use the bazooka. Um, What a film. Oh, absolutely. You cannot, like... You could just couldn't make Austin Powers now, which is a shame. I know you wouldn't get away with it, but I think I'm saying to you this or saying this to you before. It's a parody of like how sexist and stuff James Bond films were. Like the fact no, that we couldn't get that we couldn't like, laugh at them laughing at it. There's a character called Fat Bastard. You know that'd be fat shaming now. Do you know what I mean? I know, but the whole point was that they were making fun of. The James Bond films for having oh, names like well, I, I, money I, yeah. or pussy you know, galore, pussy galore yeah, and stuff. I know, like I know, but you know, you just they, you wouldn't get away with it now, which is ridiculous. Like even one of the, one of the, the the funny lines in the is it gold member is Michael Caine. There's only two things I hate: racial intolerance, intolerance and <laughs> yeah. the Dutch. <laughs> but the thing is that, like now, that would be you know, well, it's xenophobic. I uh, yeah. Uh, like, the Dutch wouldn't get upset about it because no, because the a Dutch cool are bunch of awesome people. people. Yeah, yeah. Like honestly, the Dutch people are most chill people in the world. Like, 
Yeah. So cool. Plus their accent is amazing. Sure, yeah, sure do. Yeah, sure. yeah, they do. They, they, they all kind of sound like Sean Connery. Yeah, <laughs> it's like they're all doing a terrible impression of Sean Connery. <laughs> um, so yeah, I don't know. I'm gonna favor Poirier, and I think he gets it done early. Oh, early? Yeah, I'm thinking. Well, not early, but like early for a five round fight. I think he gets it done in late second, early third. I'm gonna say he gets it done mid fourth. And it's going to be bloody. You think it's going to be a real war of attrition? Yep. Fair. Um, well, I am, yeah, I'm going to stick to my guns and go with Poirier. Um, do you think that Poirier gets near a title shot again if if he wins this? Um, uh, it depends who they book him against next. If he Ferguson. wins, that's, yeah, as I said, it's got to be Tony. And that's guaranteed madness. And then the winner of that sort of back in the conversation, but not at the minute. And I don't think a win over Dan Hooker will get him back there. And just because we're in flux until Habib Gaethje happens. But I suppose the the positive for Poye is that Gaethje, who he has a win over, now looks phenomenal you know in hindsight that win looks better and better so i don't think he's that far away but it's he's definitely at least one more after this it's a a tough position for poirier to be in if i'm him i'm thinking about welterweight i just don't think he can keep moving up and up and up no of course like i'm not talking about for now and yeah. then lost a fight at welterweight like, yeah up the middleweight yep yeah <laughs> 280 like pound just... dustin poirier I think if you're Dustin Poirier right now and you... I think he's in the exact right spot. I think he'd be undersized at welterweight and uh, welterweight has, you know, very grapple-heavy fighters at the top. But that's what I was going to say, is if you're Poirier and let's say he loses this fight, right? Mm -hmm. I think you look at going up to 170 and just having some fun. Fight Stephen Thompson. Cowboy. yeah, fight Cowboy, fight Vincente Luque if, if Luque gets a winner too, you know. Fuck, I, I don't think, think fighting Vincente Luque would be a bit of fun. Good no, lord. Well, no, but <laughs> you know what I'm saying, like, as in, just go up, don't cut weight, enjoy your food, enjoy your life, you know, because I think that if he loses this fight, I think that we, I don't want to say he'd be done in terms of fighting, but he'd be done in terms of championship stuff because that top is a bit of a quagmire where you've McGregor constantly trying to sneak in, you've Gaethje holding the title, you know, you have Khabib holding the actual belt. You know, I don't think Ferguson. I think it all becomes interesting. See if Khabib beats Gaethje and then retires because it sounds like he's not miles away from it. Divisions opened up. If Gaethje beats Khabib, division opens up. So I think you stay at lightweight. I think you just bide your time and see. Because, oh my God, could you imagine Gaethje Poirier 2 for a title? Oh, oh, give me that in my face. Yep. Well, I think that pretty much covers everything for this week. Have you got anything else that uh, you would like to talk about, Mel? Anything you're pimping in your spare time? Anything? Well, just my general pimping. Um, how is the pimping business the pimp game is always hard as you know Um, uh, no I want to talk about Borat we're talking about films that you couldn't make anymore oh you 
definitely could make bone rods. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we were talk- I was talking about it with my mates the other day. I was like, yeah, it's like, because we're talking about, you know, people wanting everything cancelled or offensive episodes of things taken down and stuff, but somehow Borat has dodged it all. Like, it's so outrageous. It's bizarre, too, because it's, it is real, if that makes sense. Like, in terms of, like, they're they're putting, although it's obviously scripted and he's playing a character, you know, he's going into real environments. Well, you would feel that his career as as that is over. Uh, what do you call him? Sasha Baron Cohen? Because, like, yeah. Borat you couldn't do because instant uproar. Ali G was hilarious, but you couldn't even do it anymore because there'd be instant uproar. Like, that sort of genre has, has died. So, yes, yeah. I think my closing remarks are say a little prayer, pour a little out for uh, Sasha Baron Cohen, who I think is done. Yeah, it's a, a weird weird position to be in if you're him um you know because it, it is so reliant on political correctness or lack yeah. of political correctness you know if you if you were to go and do that now i'd say he'd get clubbed <laughs> yeah oh, they'd drag him out in the streets and wouldn't be so good. funny one of my favorite lines in the the dictator which is a terrible film oh yeah it's guff um, but uh the, the bit where the girl's like oh, i'm pregnant and he's like oh, yeah very is it good. a boy or, or, an boy abortion? or an abortion yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um but the scene in um what do you call the one where he plays the gay guy bruno? oh bruno bruno the scene in that that had me in kinks was do you remember like where he's just he goes up to speak there he's like here's my exclusive interview mate Harrison Ford and it just literally is Harrison Ford walking past them and he just goes please fuck off <laughs> <laughs> but it's the way it's like it's it's just so quick and then it just cuts away <laughs> please fuck off <laughs> Harrison Ford's a dude like absolute dude yeah he is it's making me want to watch Blade Runner again have you seen no, I haven't. I will though. For Frank's sake. I know, I know, I know, I know. I don't was, have the old Netflix. Well, you should have went and saw it in the cinema. I don't really go to the cinema a lot. I love the cinema. I was I'm actually too saying big to, for the cinema. What? Oh, like physically? I thought you meant like you're too grown up. I was like, fuck <laughs> you. I'm you too adult. Pompous to twat, yeah. I'm, I'm 30, above. I couldn't yes, go. Too mature to go to the cinema. <laughs> <laughs> I only watch subtitled films. Yeah. Well, I went to see Blade Runner 2049 in the IMAX. It was ooh, a sensation for the senses. Mel Brown's official good. film. Best film of 2017. Really? Oh, yeah. It's, it's Yeah, it was so good. What's so good about it? I just really... I won't ruin the story for you. I really enjoyed the plot everyone acted brilliantly it from someone who's you know got an interest in photography and cinematography it's shot and edited beautifully it has a incredible soundtrack and it's a worthy successor to one of my favorite films ever in blade runner Mm, i'm just looking here yeah ryan gosling was in it wasn't he yeah and the only thing which i was wary of going into it was like oh god it's got jared leto in it but they don't even let him go overboard there's just enough pretentious jared leto that you're like yeah okay he did that fine oh, anymore man, a douchebag yeah but uh 
yeah, so my closing thought is, if you haven't read DeAndroid's Dream of Electric Sheep, go read it, you uncultured fucks. Asimov. Yep. Um... Okay, well, that about wraps us up for this week. So if you enjoyed the show, please make sure to like, share, subscribe. All that good business. We're going to have another YouTube video coming out later on in the week. So we will keep you posted on social media for that. But you can find us Twitter at SuperAdMMAShow. You can find us at Facebook, facebook.com forward slash SuperAdMMA. You can email us at SuperAdMMAShow at gmail.com. And uh, I think that's about it. Um, so until next week, peace. Peace.